This is Blind Like Me. Hello, everyone. Interviews, information, and reviews related to living with a vision disability. Your host is Tim Black. Tim has been visually impaired since birth. He's been in radio for 30 years and also hosts the podcast Inside Today's Country. Tim has never let his lack of vision stand in his way. Well, welcome to another edition of Blind Like Me. My name is Tim Black, and of course, you can always find us wherever you find your podcasts. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. We thank you very much for listening to us wherever you do find your podcast. This week, we're talking O&M with Colin Marnock, who is from Vision Loss Rehab Center in Manitoba uh, under the umbrella of CNIB. Of course, we had uh, a couple of folks on last week uh, talking about some of the virtual learning. Welcome to the uh, podcast, Colin. Thanks for uh, jumping on here with us. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Tim. It's a pleasure to be here. No problem, my friend. Um, O&M, let's talk about that. It's something that, uh, you know, we are listened to uh, quite heavily in the U.S. Uh, We've got a great following here in Canada and, of course, uh, in the U.K. Let's talk about O&M. How have things changed over the last uh, few years? What's new and exciting in the world of of O&M as we are going through this COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, so orientation and mobility is uh, certainly a rapidly evolving sort of uh, training that, uh, you know, through this pandemic and, and even prior to COVID, you know, there's been so many technology and uh, advancements uh, within the field when it comes to either uh, GPS uh, with a number of different applications such as Blind Square or Lazarillo, uh, Google Maps is making a bigger presence in the United States. Um, I believe it's got some voiceover uh, built into it now that's uh, coming up to Canada soon. But also, you know, we've got different types of technologies available to us within our own environments. I know there's uh, Key to Access, which is a brand new accessible pedestrian uh, technology that's being installed across Canada in certain locations as a test pilot where that one's, uh, you, you're able to utilize their technology and applications to engage street crossings wirelessly oh, so really? that you're not needing to find buttons and poles. Those, that's a really incredible technology that wow. uh, yeah, some municipalities across uh, Canada are certainly taking up and there's pilot projects going on places so that we're able to sort of learn more about what the technology has to offer. Mm-hmm. Now, as somebody who uh, who teaches this, obviously, you're constantly learning and, and finding, uh, you know, the newest ways to make it easier for the visually impaired and blind from get to get from point A to point B. What's one of your A go-to apps and go-to tips? I think my go-to app is probably uh, likely just BlindSquare. I think that's a really reliable application that's uh, being made fairly affordable for folks. Um, when you compare it to other sort of independent devices. And then my go-to tip is just, you know what, making sure that you sort of check all the boxes. So you ask yourself those uh, basic questions. Where am I? Where am I going? And how am I going to get there? And before you leave, make sure that you put all those pieces to the puzzle as well as you can uh, together just to sort of have a better idea of that mental map and uh, the route you're about to walk. Okay. Is there anything new and exciting in the world of walking with a cane? I know I've just upgraded to a larger one, a little bit longer one, uh, but is there new techniques in that now? You know, the techniques for white cane travel have been pretty traditional and pretty standard over the years. Um, you know, depending on uh, each individual's uh, strengths and different capacity levels, maybe perhaps different health conditions, you're going to tend to favor one technique over another. 
um, such as, you know, you may, you may uh, observe some people using a touch technique, which is more of a, the traditional way to do things. And then you have some folks that prefer to stay in contact with the ground. Um, sort of with regards to what's coming out that's new is there is a lot of development with um, eye canes and uh, more smart canes. Canes right. that have the ability to provide some sort of GPS or orientation function mm -hmm. uh, while you're traveling right. um, as, a, as a feature in the cane. And then there are some canes that are offering some obstacle um, alert. So as you're approaching obstacles, depending on the proximity sensitivity and the sensors and um, how much you've been able to control that, you can uh, have your cane, certain canes, and, you know, Part of the challenge is we don't often get an opportunity to trial these things. So we're asked about them, but uh, we perhaps haven't had the opportunity to experience them firsthand. But there is some technology out there that is allowing people to figure out if there is something in front of them by way of vibration. We are in uh, in uh, this this pandemic, and uh, as I was talking with uh, the ladies last week uh, about you know, social distancing and, and so forth. We're doing a lot of virtual learning right now. How's that working for you in the O&M world? Well, it's certainly been a new challenge. Um, you know, I would say that our, our job as orientation and mobility instructors heavily rely on us um, having an opportunity to explore the environment that we're going to teach in and having an opportunity to work with that individual in person to get to know a lot of different things that could impact their ability to be safe and independent um, within their communities. So virtual instruction has been a challenge. I think that it, uh, it has had its absolute uh, pros though. I've had an opportunity to work with a few different individuals on uh, several different uh, new routes that they're learning. Um, now these these individuals are I've worked with extensively in the past, and I've been fortunate to have the opportunity to work in their environments. So I was a little bit more comfortable in the beginning, but they've had, but they've given me an opportunity as an instructor to learn, and of course uh, that's been um, a mutually beneficial relationship because they've had the opportunity to get out more often through these uh, you know unprecedented times where people are being told to stay inside. And, only go out to exercise. Well, that's essentially what we're doing. We're we're helping people get out of their homes, mm -hmm. feel uh, part of their communities. You know, get to their community mailboxes, perhaps uh, navigate a queuing line at the store because each store has a different setup and how they want people entering and exiting. And it's sometimes a real challenge to sort of navigate those things. And that kind of leads me into my into my next thing is is mm -hmm. how how are we navigating? Because I mean, I haven't been in a grocery store for a month and a half because of all of the new rules, and and you know we're just we're just sending my wife in because it's just easier to send one person in than two of us go in. But now we're we're as a blind and visually impaired community faced with you know uh, arrows on the on the ground that are pointing into go into one direction, or you know you can't go down an aisle if there's somebody else in that aisle. So how are we navigating this? Well, I think stores, uh, companies, stores, businesses have made really good positive um, changes to their policies and have really increased their awareness around folks with disabilities. And, uh, you know, not, not uh, singling out any, any disability group. They're offering assistance to everyone, you know, at, at different times of the day. Often those times are a little challenging for people with sight loss mm -hmm. um, and the blind and partially sighted community 
um, to get to just because it's cha more challenging to travel at those times of the day to go to, you know, the amount of light, perhaps the sun's not up at 6.30 when the store opens. Right. Um, but in general, I think that stores have been really um, embraced the, you know, the change and have uh, been providing assistance, you know, very safely and uh, very timely as walked through a few stores with people virtually and the staff there have been really attentive and, and uh, gone the extra mile. In fact, they're in many cases, in not many cases, in a few situations, they've um, even walked uh, the individual out to the bus stop with their bags to make sure they got on safely. So I think, you know, there are certainly challenges with following uh, the different queuing lines, following the arrows on the ground. I mean, they're, it's usually painter's tape or, or something that's not the greatest contrast. So I think that's something businesses can keep in mind is to use uh, higher contrast markings when and if possible. Mm -hmm. And then just, you know, continue what they're doing, offer assistance. If someone needs it, they'll, they'll graciously accept it. If they don't need the assistance, then they'll, uh, you know, graciously uh, uh, say, no, thank you. So I think, uh, I think that they just, yeah, they've been doing a great job. And from my experience, I think there's some challenges with grocery delivery just because of the demand on the system at the moment. Right. Um, but I think people are finding also different, you know, supports in their families and their friends and their communities. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone is coming together as, uh, you know, a whole and making sure that we're all going to get through this together. Are you seeing as we, uh, you know, as you are an O&M guy who obviously connects with people, uh, you know, in, in your area that you take care of, but, you know, across the country, are we finding that our communities are becoming uh, more accessible? I mean, there's been acts that have been passed in different provinces. We have to make sure that we're all, you know, playing on the same field now. Are you finding that the accessibility is becoming better across Canada? I, I personally do. Um, here in Manitoba, we've got the Accessibility for Manitobans Act, which has, um, you know, thankfully uh, passed the customer service standard, which gave us, an, uh, as a community and as a province, an opportunity to prepare for this. Um, each business and organization had to present accessibility plans, and in essence, that provided them an opportunity to practice for, you know, this wave of uh, people that need to come in that perhaps didn't need assistance before, but now do. Mm -hmm. um, there's, of course, the Accessibility, our Accessible Canada Act, which is still in uh, a formal sort of standard development phase. Um, but I think as a, as a whole, the community, I think, is coming together. We're starting to place more emphasis on universal access to services, um, in more inclusive uh, services to allow people, of course, that are in more vulnerable groups to uh, be shopping and be doing the things that they need to do before the general public gets it. Um, and then, of course, the services that they're offering at uh, every location. I think that in general, people are really accepting and really willing to listen and learn from us when uh, things like this happen and uh, adjust their services accordingly. So has uh, Vision Loss Rehabilitation Manitoba. We recognize that our services have uh, an enormous impact on the quality of life that someone can live. And so when this the whole thing started, we wanted to make sure that, of course, uh, safety was uh, the first priority. So making sure that any uh, clients of Vision Loss Rehabilitation Manitoba that we are serving, as well as the staff, 
providing that service were going to be safe. So we quickly transitioned to a to a virtual remote-based learning um, platform uh, providing services uh, across all of our departments virtually. And, you know, a, a large part of that was just reaching out to people mm-hmm. and checking in with them to make sure that they had the, uh, the, the proper resources in place to make sure that they had their, you know, access to amenities and, um, you know, the number for the grocery delivery service. So we were able to really sort of uh, stop what we always knew is our normal and create this really robust uh, virtual remote platform that was able to reach uh, hundreds, uh, if not into the thousands of Manitobans with site loss. What are, what are some of the big complaints that you're hearing from clients that you deal with personally? Not being able to get out, um, you know, uh, not necessarily knowing and having the trust level perhaps uh, when they go out to, to uh, you know, respect that uh, other people around them are going to be providing them that social distance. I think that's been a big concern amongst uh, the blind and partially sighted community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think we want the message to get out there that if you see somebody with a guide dog, if you see someone with a white cane, or just in general, if you see somebody, a lot of people don't use those two tools. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you see somebody that perhaps, you know, isn't moving out of your way, well, maybe fan out around them because they're not able to see you. And we're not able to judge that social distance. I think that's probably been um, one of the biggest challenges. If not, um, you know, there's also transit challenges. Uh, blind and partially sighted people are very tactile mm-hmm. uh, and need to be in touch with their environment in order to navigate and negotiate where they need to go. Right. And so, you know, I think in Winnipeg here, they're needing to push buttons to get across streets. They need to pull cords and push buttons on uh, buses and trail trail railings and buses to make sure, you know, that they're finding their seats and of course touching seats so that they know no one's there. So I think those have all been concerns, not necessarily complaints, but concerns and, you know, things that they're trying to grapple with and that we're trying to assist them with. So, um, you know, we're doing our best to try to sort of come up with new strategies and, and, uh, and up educate people on different modes of getting around, mm-hmm. um, whether that be, you know, some paratransit services or, you know, reaching out to friends or family or neighbors when it's safe to do so mm-hmm. and uh, that type of thing. Um, but in general, I don't think there's been too many complaints. I think that, you know, as we all try to tackle this pandemic and get through this together, I think that we're taking thing, a lot of things in stride. How long have you been doing O&M for, Colin? So I've been providing orientation and mobility for, uh, it's coming up to eight years. And all here in Manitoba, I provide service across the province to pretty well anyone above the age of 18. Right. And uh, it's been an absolute uh, joy of mine to get to know the the, the province and get to know a lot of different small rural towns and different communities within Winnipeg that I've never traveled to before. and uh, get to know a lot of different individuals that have been living uh, very unique lives and uh, have very unique challenges and helping them achieve their goals has been, has been amazing. Because yourself, you are visually impaired, correct? Correct. So what are the, the challenges that, uh, that you have been facing uh, throughout your life and obviously as an O&M instructor, uh, some of the challenges that you've done and, and the hurdles that you've come over? I think the biggest hurdle I had to sort of overcome was just my confidence to tackle new things. Um, I think as I've, you know, grown older and, uh, 
experienced more of that certainly helped. Um, but in the beginning, it was just getting over, you know, asking for help. I think that was probably the, the biggest challenge I had in the past and still probably presently do. Mm-hmm. It's just knowing when I need to ask for help. Um, but otherwise, I think I've been very, very fortunate to have supports in my life that have uh, pushed me um, to, you know, do my best, um, experience new things, tell right. me it's okay to make mistakes and learn from them. Right. And, um, you know, try my best not to allow um, for my vision to hold me back. Right. Right. Um, but, you know, and I credit that to my parents and my wife, uh, mm-hmm. of course, my family. Mm-hmm. Once we started having, my wife and I uh, started having a family, we, you know, that was a, in itself a challenge. I had all sorts of questions that I was asking myself whether or not I'd be able to, you know, see everything I needed to in order to safely parent. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think, well, obviously with the help of my wife and then, you know, uh, with a lot of the experience we've uh been able to draw from from our parents and from our siblings and friends mm-hmm. that has made things a lot easier and I just have gotten much more comfortable with asking for help. I, I tell you when when your kids get older you won't miss seeing the dirty looks they'll give you. You'll just sense it. <laughs> that, 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 yeah. That's my biggest thing. I, I, I never get to see my kids give the rolly eye things but I can yeah. always sense it when they're happening. And they always are surprised. Oh, yeah. They always are surprised of them that dad catches them doing something, especially when they were younger. And they're like, "How could you see that? I just knew it. I just knew you were doing it." So, yeah, <laughs> those exper- yeah. those experiences are uh, are a lot of fun to go through as uh, as somebody who's mm-hmm. uh, who's been there with young kids and visually impaired. And I had the same questions that you do. I was I was very nervous about that as well. But uh, in the end, it uh, yeah. ends up working out. Definitely. I think now, um, you know, certainly my daughter being almost seven, Mm -hmm. uh, she's been an amazing help Mm -hmm. and is always willing to, you know, lend her eyes to me to find something on the floor or find something I'm looking for, you know, to find the nuts I dropped um, in the grass. She can find it in, you know, a flick of a switch. And I, I'm out there scrounging around on my hands and knees and she'll, I get it for you. And it's like, that's awesome. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> my kids always try to find yeah. my, gl- my glasses for me and where I put my monocular down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's those things that always go missing. That's right. What could the sighted community do better for visually impaired and blind people? You know, I think take the time um, to offer assistance if you see someone struggling, um, but also in understand that you know not everyone is struggling you know every individual is a is just that they 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 may look like they're struggling and if you offer assistance that's really great Mm -hmm. but if they you know if they don't need it that's fine too um i think the other thing too is just you know making sure that if you see somebody with a white cane or perhaps a guide dog or someone standing at a at a curb edge you know maybe just slow down a little bit more. I think that that would make people feel a lot more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, But in general, I think uh, just, you know, ask questions, get to know your neighbors, get to know those people that are walking through the community. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it feels good to know people are out there and willing to say hello Mm -hmm. and have a little friendly conversation. Um, 
that way, you know, the more people that get to know uh, everyone, the, the more help that's available to us when we need it. And uh, not that we always need help, but, you know, there are going to be uh, situations that, that we do. And it's good to know that we have our neighbors there looking out for us. We talked earlier in the uh, conversation about a couple of or uh, the Blind Squared app. On your phone, what apps are you using? Every day, I think I use Google Maps quite often, but I'm uh, fortunate I can use it uh, visually. Yeah. I'm not sure how that app would function with uh, voiceover at the moment, at least in Canada. I'm not sure. I just read an article suggesting that it uh, is available with uh, some some more voiceover features uh, in the United States. Okay. Um, but I definitely use my um, Google Maps, and I also use my uh, Winnipeg Transit app. Uh, to that one tells me in real time when my bus is going to arrive or within, you know, a few minutes. Right. Um, but gives me an idea if I have to sort of pick up the pace or if I could slow down or if I could walk to the next stop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really helpful through the winter uh, because you don't want to be standing out at the pole waiting for the bus. <laughs> if it's, you know, eight, nine minutes away, if you don't need to, you can stand in the shack if you're fortunate to have one. Right. And uh, <laughs> yeah, those are the definitely the two. And then, and then um, I would say that my built-in magnifier that uh, most all iPhones come standard with, I use that daily, several times a day. The other one I was just going to mention is Seeing AI, which is a really incredible app. That is, um, a, that is an amazing app. Yeah. As well as, um, you know, specifically for right now, for those folks that are needing help getting through a store, finding a product or figuring their way through a queuing line or just understanding when it's their turn to move up in line, uh, IRA could be a really good solution for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something people could keep in mind as well to utilize IRA. We yeah. chatted with uh, the folks from IRA a couple of weeks ago. What an amazing, mm-hmm. uh, what an amazing app that yeah, is and, and uh, a great program as well. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Colin, is there anything else you'd like to touch on before we let you go today? Just that, uh, you know, if anyone in Manitoba here or across Canada is looking for anything uh, related to orientation mobility, reach out to your orientation mobility specialist in your area, talk to them, figure out what virtual offerings uh, are right for you. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's something. Um, If you're having difficulty with something, I can promise you that anyone you speak to will go above and beyond and make sure that uh, if there's a way around it or through it, We'll make sure we uh, help you out. Colin, thanks very much for spending some time with us today. Absolutely. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for listening to Blind Like Me. If you have a comment or suggestion about future casts, drop us an email to blindlikeme at outlook.com. Blind Like Me is a timblackonair.com production.